Well, hello, everyone. This is Wes Henson, and I want to welcome you to this week's on-the-go video and audio podcast. On this podcast, we review and summarize the Bible Studies for Life series weekly lesson. So please take a few moments and look in the show notes and in the description for links to a two-page printed summary and also some extra handouts and resources. I want to thank you for joining me today for this week's small group Bible study for the week of February the 18th, 2024. Now, before we get started, I would like for you to do me a favor, if you would, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. All you have to do is go to youtube.com slash use the at sign and then type in Wes Henson. W-E-S-H-E-N-S-O-N, hit subscribe, and then click on the bell. So you can find and follow the audio podcast on Spotify, on Amazon, iHeartRadio, and also on the podcast Attic. And I want to invite you to the campus of the Ridge Church at 7350 Old Highway 13 in Carbondale, Illinois, on at 9 a.m. on Sundays for a deeper discussion and a study of this topic. All right, let me ask you this question. Are you a warrior? Studies reveal that 60% of us worry. And I might also add that the remaining 40% lie. A recent survey among pastors found that there is a growing sense of worry among church members. So what place does worry have in the life of a believer? Well, this week we're going to consider the relationship between faith and worry. So let's begin this week's on-the-go Bible study by opening up your Bible to Luke chapter 12, and we're going to begin in verse 22. So if you have your Bible, open it up to Luke's Gospel, chapter 12, uh, beginning in verse 22. And this week's study is titled, confident faith. Now, we all know that worry isn't helpful. Even those outside the church acknowledge that worry is not only unnecessary, but it can also be detrimental to our health. However, what the world cannot offer is an antidote to worry. God is bigger than anything that might tempt us to worry, and biblical faith looks confidently to God to get us through whatever circumstances or fears that we face. Our point this week is faith displaces worry. So let me give you a little bit of a background in Luke chapter 12. Here we find that Jesus is teaching the um, crowd, if you will, about overcoming worry and anxiety. Now it's significant to note here that those who came to hear Jesus teach, lived in a country that had few available resources. Israel had been conquered by the Romans, and the inhabitants of Judea faced heavy taxes and widespread poverty. There weren't many options to improve their lives. Finding enough food to survive was a a substantial issue for them. And in addition, there was this constant political and social upheaval because of the Roman occupation. The people of Israel had real reasons to worry about their 
current situation, and also about their future prospects. Jesus' words here create a new way of viewing the world as he taught his followers to trust God with their worries. Okay, let's read what Jesus has to say beginning in verse 22. Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 22. And I'll read through verse 26. Then he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, or about the body, what you will wear, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They don't have a storeroom or a barn. Yet God feeds them. And aren't you worth much more than the birds? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? If then you're not able to do even a little thing, why worry about the rest? Now, before I go on here, that verse 25, it says, you know, uh, can you add one moment to your life uh, by worrying? Can you add enough, uh, an additional uh, minute or second or, or whatever by worrying? And then some other translations has, has um, something to the effect, uh, can you add any length to your height? by worrying about it. And of course the answer is no. Well if you can't worry if you can't do anything about something like that, then why worry about anything at all? Now, worrying doesn't solve anything. Jesus taught that worrying about the future wouldn't change their present reality. Instead he invites them to consider God's role as the one who provides for their needs. And he encouraged them to consider how the birds of the air, or the ravens survive. Although they can't contribute to their future, God takes care of them. And he warns against wasting your, your strength on hypotheticals, you know, of what might happen. And, and we do this because that might take place, rather than living in their present realities. Now, Jesus in no way is, endor is endorsing a thoughtlessness or indifference or apathy or, or laziness or other such attitudes. Uh, we are the plan to prepare for the future because it's the smart thing to do. It's the wise thing to do. But we don't do it out of anxiety or fear. And Jesus's concern is with those individuals who are so consumed with things that they forget God. Just uh, previous to these verses, in verses 16 through 19, Jesus tells the parable of what we call the foolish man, uh, who had so much. He had great crops, and they filled his barn. And, uh, and, and rather than thinking of the needs of others or how God might want him to use his resources, he says, well, I'm going to go out. I'm going to build bigger barns so I can put even more stuff in. And then in the end, as you know, at the end of the parable, you know, he, the Lord says, well, you know, that's all fine, but um, your life is going to end tonight. And then who's going to get all of this? Uh, he dies and his wealth provided him no benefit at all. Well, let's move on down to verse 27. So Jesus says, he says, consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. And if that is how God clothes the grass, which is in the field today, and it's thrown into the furnace tomorrow, how much more will he do for you, 
Oh, you of little faith, don't strive for what you should eat and what you should drink, and don't be anxious. For the Gentile world eagerly, eagerly seeks all of these things, and your Father knows that you need them. You see, God knows what we need. And Jesus compared how his followers should live to how the unbelieving or the Gentile world lived. Materialism was the driving desire of the, of the Gentile mind. And then in comparison, followers of Jesus, Jesus says, uh, were to trust God to provide for them. And Jesus described, described God as a loving father who knows the needs of his children. And in verse 28, if God clothes uh, nature so beautifully, the, the flowers of the field, how much more so will he provide for his children? The flowers, like the birds, are well cared for by God himself. And again, let me stress, Jesus is not suggesting idleness. Rather, he's emphasizing God's great care which eliminates our need for worry. Jesus desires us to trust him and to live with a single focus of serving him, enjoying him, and trusting him. You know, if we would only get up every morning with a spring in our step, right, and to join the birds and the flowers and all of the creation to celebrate the need of Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Don't let us be anxious or worried, but let us rejoice and be glad. Okay, verses 31 through 34. Uh, verse 31, Jesus says, But seek his kingdom, and these things will be provided for you. Don't be afraid, little flock, because your father delights to give you the kingdom. So sell your possessions, give to the poor, make money bags for yourselves that won't grow old and inexhaustible treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, God will take care of us as we seek the kingdom of God. So Jesus here provides an alternative future for his followers. Instead of being focused on their earthly future, he calls on them to focus on the kingdom of God. And God's kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. It's not defined by laws and borders. It's, it's the world comprised of the church. And for those who hope in Jesus, the kingdom of God is where God rules. And instead of focusing their attention on becoming wealthy and self-sufficient, Jesus wanted them to trust God with their future. And what we treasure determines our loyalty and determines our priorities. Now, it's not the possession of material things. It's not the things that we have, but it's rather the attitude that we hold toward the things that we have that mark us as either heavenly-minded or worldly-minded. There's no room for worry when our trust is fully in God. 
Okay, that's our lesson for this week. But let me, before we go, let me quickly share with you three, uh, three applications. We know that faith displaces worry. That's the point of our lesson this week. So what do we do about that? Well, let me give you these three applications. Number one, uh, inventory. Inventory. List the things, take an inventory of the things that you've been worrying about lately. What are some specific actions that you can take to let go of those worrisome thoughts? Application number two is give. What do you have in your storage space that would be valued more by someone else? Make some room by giving those things away and enjoying the extra space created by their absence. And then the third application is pray. Ask the Lord to show you how you can be more connected to what he is doing all around you and and in your church. And ask the Lord to lead you to, to your call and to your passion and how you can participate in what God is doing. All right, let's wrap everything up for this week. Confident faith draws us away from worry and draws us toward a celebration of life. God gives us what the world cannot offer. Okay, folks, remember to check out all the links for this week's study, and then I invite you to join the discussion on the Rich Church campus this Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Bye for now.